Welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley. This podcast is for high achievers, visionaries, creatives, coaches, and consultants. Because the key, the key, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. You see, I know you are here creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family. And it drives you and it occupies your mind. But through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in business, your performance, and potentially in relationships. I'm known with my clients for being their loudest cheerleader. I often believe in them even before they do so themselves. And yet you can't enroll me in your legacy limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as you create your ultimate legacy. This podcast is called Wielding Legacy because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. Hey friends, and today on Wielding Legacy, we have lessons in creating a legacy that might be away from the common experience of your family and friends. This is from a highly successful entrepreneur. She's part of a traveling nomadic family, which includes her two boys and her husband, the lovely Jennifer Constant. So we, all, we grow up thinking we should have a mortgage. We grow up thinking we should have a big house. We should have a nice car. We should put our kids in the best schools and we should work hard to get a decent salary and living. Um, and that's what we did. We did that for many, many years until I sat there one day and realized that there is more to this that I want from my life. Legacy for me is people, other people knowing that I've had a happy life um, and also being able to give other people inspiration to live a non-conformist life, which I live. Um, so many people are afraid of living that kind of the kind of lifestyle that I'm sure we'll go into that I live. I've known Jennifer for many, many years, and indeed our very first conversation was filled with an experience of her non-conformist life. Maybe I might invite her back to talk about that at some point. But what is so interesting about Jennifer is that like many, she had the outwardly successful life, an associate director of fundraising for a charity for six years, nice house, an expensive city, nice cars, and a nice life per se. But she did something very different. Her and her husband put, and their one-year-old son, I should say, sold their house and all their belongings, swapping it for a motorhome, traveling so far to 35 countries, and also setting up three businesses. Now, today, those three businesses bring in multiple, multiple six figures, and she earns 10 times her yearly salary. But what's more inspiring to me, and will be you, is that she's living a freedom life on her own terms. Okay, so it is my pleasure to welcome Jennifer Constant to the Wielding Legacy podcast today. Hi there, Jen, and welcome. Hi, and thank you for having me. I can't wait for this conversation today. And I'm going to dive straight in with a question that we're asking every season two guest. What does legacy mean to you? Okay, so I had a really good think about this question um, because legacy is often for a lot of people what they're going to leave behind their children for their children or what they're going to leave behind for their family. And legacy for me is not about that. And uh, legacy for me is people, other people knowing that I've had a happy life. Um, and also being able to give other people inspiration to live a non-conformist life, which I live. 
Um, so many people are afraid of living that kind of the kind of lifestyle that I'm sure we'll go into that I live. Um, but the legacy that I want to lead is is inspiration to think outside the box and and do what they want to do. And and that's what I want for my children. I want my children to grow up knowing and and for me not to be here knowing that hey, you can have a happy life. You don't have to work in an office all the time. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. So it's not financials for me. It's more perception. It's more thinking. So let me ask you this, because let me just dive in and ask this question. So you mentioned about being an unconformist, but what does conforming mean to you? So how do you unconform as such? Yeah, so I've, I've been thinking long and hard about this one too, because nonconformity for me is thinking outside of the box and you're living and not being pressured by what we grow up to think we should be. So we all, we grow up thinking we should have a mortgage. We grow up thinking we should have a big house. We should have a nice car. We should put our kids in the best schools and we should work hard to get a decent salary and living. Um, and that's what we did. We did that for many, many years until I sat there one day and realized that there is more to this that I want from my life. I'm very happy for all of my family to live in a way that I see as more conformity. But for me, it wasn't hitting the, the mark. For me, I wanted more and I wanted to see the world. So we completely went outside of the box. We completely changed our lifestyle. We, we sold up everything that we saw as more conformity and lived a completely different lifestyle. <laughs> How did that happen? What was the catalyst for that? Talk to me and the listeners here about how do you go from I'm living a life of conformity? What was that, that aha, that catalyst moment that went, no, there's something else. What happened with you? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I had a very good job. I had a company car. We had a lovely house in um, a very beautiful city, an expensive city. And uh, I had a one-year-old at the time. A one-year-old was costing us a thousand pounds in mortgage payments. Um, we obviously had our mortgage. We had other bills going out. We were just working to pay all of those bills rather than really thriving in life and enjoying life. And one day I just sat there and I was sat in my office and my husband came home from work and I said to him, what are we doing? Like living in these four walls this whole time, it was raining outside. And I just said to him, I want more from this. And, and he said, absolutely agree with you. He'd just done nine mile commute, which took him over an hour to get to his place of work back and forth every day, earning 25,000 pounds a year, you know, at that time. And, and we just said, let's do it. So the next day our house was on the market and we did it. We actually did it. We actually do what a lot of people say they're going to do, but we actually did it. <laughs> Now, I know you very well, obviously, um, and you are a quick action taker. You yeah. are one of those people. <laughs> we're laughing about that because you are. Once you've made a decision, you take action. If any listener right now is resonating with that fact of feeling like I'm living a life that doesn't necessarily feel in alignment, whether it's conformity or not conformity, because, again, those can be labels that we can get stuck in. Mm. But if someone's a listener's now listening and going, yeah, hang on, there's something that you've just said that's resonated with me. What would be your advice on how to take inspired quick action? Yeah, I am an action taker. I am an ideas person and I never realized I was that before. I never, you know, I was sat in a, in a job and, and a dream of going traveling and we often went traveling, but I never thought I could change my lifestyle completely. Um, and I think if you're sat out there thinking, this isn't really the life that I want. And I'm often getting messages, you know, nearly daily getting messages from people saying, oh, you you know, you've inspired me and I want to change. How do I do it? I think it is just about having guts 
um, because also when we did leave, we had a few uh, articles in the in the papers and people saying to us, wow, like, you know, you're taking a big risk, you know, you're risking your children's lives and their lifestyles and, and you will get that. You will get people who disagree with your lifestyle. So if you are thinking about changing, think about what it's going to do to your life, not other people's. You know, you are the one living this life. No one else is living this life for you. You have to be happy. And if your current life right now is not making you happy and fulfilling you, then change it. But just shut out the negativity that you may get from other people. And it's really interesting because obviously if you're watching here on YouTube today, you can see that I'm in a different background and I have a very similar story right now to Jennifer. We sold up our home. We don't have a home, which is really interesting because people are like, you're homeless. It's like, no, we're intentionally homeless. Yeah. We intentionally don't own a home that we live in. And that's absolutely joyous for us right now. But one of the things you just said about negativity, about when people will have an opinion of what you're doing in your life and your business. And this is something that I work with my clients on often. How to, especially when it's not even requested opinions, because we've all had those, I'm sure our listeners have had too, when people will say, they will say an opinion you have never asked. You've never said to someone, what do you think of what we're doing? What do you think of selling our house? What do you think of our move? And someone's given their opinion, okay? And again, I'm a permission-based coach, which means that we ask when we want someone's opinion. It's like when you post in a Facebook group sometimes and someone says an opinion like, I didn't ask, okay? Yeah. So what would be your top kind of, I don't even like the word tips necessarily, but top strategies for how do you handle when you are living a different life, a life that feels in alignment to you, but how do you handle other people's responses, negative or positive, but when you haven't requested them and actually when they could derail you? What are your top coping strategies for that? I think be happy for them <laughs> I think this is a big shift for me and a big shift that I went through and something that I learned from my husband who's an amazingly positive outlook on you know has an amazing outlook on life and he is happy for everybody else living the life that they live and he is living for today and he's living in in his bubble and and that's amazing and that's something that I've had to learn because sometimes I do you know I'm going to be open here sometimes I do sit there in the morning and think, oh, we don't have a house. Our kids aren't in school. You know, we are house sitting for other people, you know, and we are intentionally homeless, like you said. You know, sometimes it grabs me, but my husband pulls me up. So he's very much, and, and this is my way of thinking has now changed. Whereas I think I'm happy for you to have that opinion. You know, you live in that opinion, that's fine. But for me, that's not my opinion. And I did this for my reasons. You know, that's what makes a big difference. I think being a team as well, you know, having someone to su support the big decisions that we made makes a big difference as well. Um, but yes, being happy for other people to have their own opinions and not letting it change your mindset or letting it creep in your mindset to, to make alterations to what you're doing. You know, ultimately we only live this life once. So if it's making you happy, then continue on that path for sure. You mentioned something which you said out of the box. Now, this is one of the things um, I'm seeing for a lot of high achievers that I work with, a lot of my own personal one-to-one -one clients, especially my VIP clients and visionaries, is when we talk about our out-of-the-box thinking, and I definitely would put myself into this sometimes as well, that an issue can be that I don't even see that there's a box. 
you don't you don't realize that there's a parameter that that you're living outside of or doing something differently because to be out of the box thinking you almost have to understand what are the rules of the box to understand whether you're going out of the box and Mm. especially with a lot of ceos um power couples visionaries people who are making impact in the world one of the things i've noticed is that there is no box they don't see these parameters that many of us can actually assume so when you said the car the house the mortgage all those things so you said about out of the box How did you first start to think to yourself or say or talk to your husband and go, what is the alternative to what we're doing right now? If this is the box that we've got, what 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 is the other? Because I think that's where some people struggle going. Right. I understand this is not what I want. But how if I don't know what I don't know, which is what something we say in coaching all the time, if you don't know what you don't know, how do you know you want something else? So how did you first start to go? We don't want this. But what? What else is there? What other lifestyles are there out there? We went through quite a few options. (laughs) Can you tell us about some of them? First, we were going to go and volunteer in Africa for a year. Okay. Um, And that was one of our our things. Um, But then we decided on actually traveling the whole of Europe with our one-year-old. I don't think we knew what out of the box was at that point. I think we, we had, you know, a bit of money in our bank account from the sale of our house, um, and we bought a motorhome and that was our only asset. That's the only thing we had, a motorhome, half a garage full of stuff and a couple of cupboards full of clothes. You know, I lived and still do live pretty much out of a suitcase, which definitely does not suit a lot of people. Um, and sometimes it doesn't suit me either. It drives me mad. But, you know, that's the lifestyle we chose. Um, I think I think it's very difficult to place yourself in or outside of the box. Things change for us on a daily basis, on an absolute daily basis. One moment we're we're off to Colombia, the next moment we're staying in Spain, the next moment we're getting residency in another country. You know, every day is different for us, which drives some of our family absolutely mad when we're changing our plans all the time. But that's the life that we thrive on. You know, that's the life that we thrive on. So when we originally left, we didn't know what the future was going to look like. We had ideas in our minds, but we didn't know. We were going across Europe to seek, to seek out new adventures and to try and find where we fit. And I think fitting in is something that's also quite relevant to our story because we never really felt we, we fitted into this conformist life that, you know, a, a, most, a lot of people are really happy with. And I'm, I'm happy for, you know, other people that are happy with their life. And I was always envious. I was always envious of my friends being very happy, being settled and having a home and, and, and having that regular income. And, and, you know, I was very envious of that because that was something that was not inside me. I always wanted a different lifestyle. So I don't think we knew when we left um, what it was that we wanted, um, but we are four years later, still working that out. Now, there's a quote on your website, which I love, and it's just so great to put in right now when you say, I always knew I wanted to live a life on my own terms. Okay. Now, can you tell us how you, I mean, we in, in this quote, you've got to live a life on your own terms. Okay. But how do you run a business on your own terms remotely and have a husband and have two kids? How, we've talked about the kind of idea of this, but let's talk to practicalities. Yeah. I, practically do this everybody says it to me they say you are superwoman like you must stay up all night and and work um to tell a little backstory so we traveled for a good six months before I thought hmm actually maybe I should start my own business maybe you know we should get some income coming in 
Um, so we did. So I did. I started the business. I was probably the more entrepreneurial um, of the two of us, my husband and I. Um, I went across Europe, visiting different libraries in different cities across Europe to get good Wi-Fi so I could start a business idea that I had. Um, that business idea kind of spiraled into three other business ideas and I managed it and I managed it through getting a coach um, and that made a huge difference to me getting a coach to teach me how to do what it was that I wanted to do changed my entire life so it's really important I think to get that support and to get people behind you who have already done it or are already successful in the the, the change that you want to make um, that saves a lot of time you're not youtubing anymore to like find out new ideas you're not just asking facebook groups and waiting for people to come back to you you know you're getting that concentrated time and that's what definitely changed everything for me i paid for my coach and i made that money back in a week through just the skills that i learned through this mm. coach um which makes a huge difference now our lifestyle is very balanced because i do have a team you know terry and i my husband he's incredible at looking after the boys he takes them out he has adventures while I work and it's all about time blocking it's all about ensuring that the time that I have to work is really useful time and that's how I manage it plus now I have a team as well so I've been able to expand so there's a lot of other people that can help the workload and let's talk about something else that I know often people ask me about that people don't realize because we talk about workload and we talk about team but there's this other like stealth weapon when it comes to having a legacy lifestyle when you are remote, which is systems and processes. And it's all, when I say it's stealth, it's, it's almost like the unsexy thing that people don't talk about. Yeah, but, the thing that I wasn't so good at before <laughs> I came to you. <laughs> but you, you now love it. And, but, and I'm saying you do love it. You do love it now, don't you? You're loving the benefits of it. Of course. Yeah. You're seeing the differences that happen. And it is, I, f I feel like it is kind of part of the unsexy triad because when you talk about systems and automations and processes, now I know you, you love your automation now, now you, it works as evergreen and have things happen without someone, even you or your team, no one physically has to do anything. Yeah. And this is a key part that people don't talk about, about having a remote based life that you don't have a hub. You don't need to talk to people all the time because there just would not be enough time in the day and there to physically time. do it all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've managed to slim down my working week to around three, three and a half days. Mm. Um, and I'm happy with that because I'm not, I'm not this beach laptop lifestyle where I, you know, only do two hours a week, you know, that you know, that we, we see sometimes when we talk about this type of kind of radical nomadic lifestyle. I like working. I enjoy it. I like my own time to sit here and I like making money. I enjoy it. Um, but yes, at first I wasn't a very process driven person. I was very much an ideas as you've already called me a visionary. You know, I, I thrive off having new ideas, but honing it in and actually taking a look at the finances and sorting out, you know, my, um, my bills, my expenses, having a look at staff members that I need taking my business from just a business owner to the CEO level has just changed my trajectory completely because it's made me so much more stable and secure in the businesses that I am running rather than 
kind of insecure about it or unsure what the future is going to look like. So absolutely changing, changing it from being just a business owner to a CEO is going to up level you completely. And I want to say to any listeners right now saying, I kind of get what they're talking about, but I don't get what they're talking about. Because you might be thinking, this is great. I'm loving this. But what, what is this stealth processes and things? What we're, what we're in a kind of grassroots talking about is how you have automation processes and systems, project management systems, all yes. these different parts of technology that happen behind the scenes. I'm known with my clients for I'm your biggest cheerleader, but I am your biggest challenger as well. And I say to people all the time, if you want to make a million pounds, you're not going to make a million pounds from being in your inbox. If you are doing all of your emails and you're sat there for five hours a day emailing, we have issues. Yes, and I was. <laughs> I was going to say you, but that, you were stuck in the inbox, weren't you? You were stuck doing a lot of these tasks. So what we're talking about, if, if right now that's you, first thing I'm going to say to you is you need to look at your email management. For a simple grassroots thing such as that, look at your email management. You need to be looking at how you communicate with your team. So Jen, you've already said about hiring a team, but actually if you need to physically talk to your team every time you're doing something, it's a very slow process. So you need to look at a project management, how you brief your team, how they feed back to you. Again, that fits in with your time. So your team aren't sat there waiting for you because you might be on calls or you're on a day off and they're just sat there with nothing to do or they don't know what to do because they can't get hold of you. You've yeah. got to have these processes and that's what we're talking about, aren't we? Okay, so anybody who's, who's thinking about, I'm not sure, Look at those. I always say email, project management, how you talk to your team. They're the simplest ways to start. Yeah. And becoming a boss, you know, and that yes. was something that you taught me and something that I've learned through my journey is actually taking being a boss seriously. You know, and I'm, I celebrate being a boss. I think that's incredible to get to a stage where I built businesses from the back of a motorhome, running challenges and masterclasses in campsites across Europe through to now having staff members. You know, I'm celebrating that, but now it's about learning and figuring out like, how do I do that well? So you mentioned the gecko and the gecko is a name that we give to almost the, the, the entrepreneur the single business owner who has a lot of fear that it's all going to go away at some point. Yeah. Okay. And you've transitioned to being the CEO of multiple successful, very successful businesses. Okay. If someone now is going, okay, this gecko thing sounds interesting. How would you describe what we call your gecko? How would you say that your gecko was fueling you and impacting the decisions that you were making? Yeah. It's the fear because there's still a fear. You know, I'm not sitting here right now going, my lifestyle is amazing and I'm super successful and I'm going to be super successful forever. There is still a fear when you run your own business, you know, when you run your own businesses um, and you live this lifestyle where you don't have that kind of concrete brick house to go back to all the time. When you've got two children as well, who you are bringing up and you are impacting on every single decision that you make makes a difference to their future growth, you know. So this gecko comes to me a lot less than it used to, but it used to come to me because I think I, I had this, this fear still in my belly. Um, I wasn't organized enough. I wasn't focused enough. And I didn't know how to run my business as well. I was running my businesses, coming up with new ideas, running and launching campaigns and, and uh, group courses and things like that, but without real direction. So now that Gecko's completely crushed, I don't think I've reached out to you in quite a while with any worries and concerns. And now I really understand what it is to control my businesses and control my mindset. Mm. So listeners, if you're thinking right now and you're, you're running your own business, and it doesn't matter, by the way, 
where you are in your business journey. I think people also have this um, preconception that when we talk about this, that it's a certain level of income, suddenly these things change. It doesn't have to be. I mean, I work with six and seven figure business owners and this work can be done in anywhere on the journey. It does help if you do it earlier, I will say, rather than later on as you grow businesses, but it doesn't matter when it comes into the journey. The message I'm hearing you say is, is your gecko, your fear running you or actually are you running your businesses like a boss? Do you know your businesses? Are you in control of your businesses? Do you know your cash flow? Do you know your numbers? Do you know how to hire? Do you know how to recruit? Do you know how to do all these things? Or actually, might you be a person who doesn't want to look at the numbers? Even though you might be turning over a lot of money, you actually don't know your numbers. You know, and that's that's another thing that I, I do see some clients they know they're doing well, but how well or the profitability of different things? Again, if you don't, I would say that's where we're not in control of the business. We're not being the boss of the business. Yeah. And we're not celebrating our successes or knowing when we're successful either if we don't know what we've achieved or we don't know our numbers. And I'll fully admit, you know, when we first started working together, I didn't really know my numbers um, and I didn't really have those systems in place. I was churning out this work. Yes, I knew my number of a campaign, but that I, that I did, but I wouldn't know the total amount I made in that month. Um, and how can I celebrate myself or feel secure in my, in my life and my future unless I knew what that number was? And, and now I, I know and I can, I can celebrate it and I can see my trajectory for the next year, you know, and where I'm going to be and what I want to do. And what more time can I have to add new business ideas into my life? Um, and plan it and map it and have a strategy and, and yeah that makes a huge difference and you also make different decisions don't you so when you're hiring team members you make it from a very strategic commercial decision point of view you know your numbers you know what's coming into the business you know your recurring revenue you know your projections for the next year this is not winging it of I'm at overwhelm or burnout I should hire someone therefore hire the first person who makes me probably feel good for a little bit but might not be the role that you actually need Yes. And you don't even know whether you can sustain that person. Yes, absolutely. Love it. So I'm going to wrap up and I'm going to ask the last question now, which is what are your three values, intentions or beliefs that are core for you to create your legacy? So three values, intentions or beliefs as you create your legacy going forward, Jen. I think my core values are, are honesty. And I think honesty to my audience, honesty to my staff, honesty to myself and my husband, how I feel and being upfront with it. I think that's really important. Um, I think being really focused is, is very important to my lifestyle and to the legacy I want to achieve. I want my children to be focused. Um, there's been a lot of time in my life where I've not been focused on what it is that I, how I want to live and what it is that I want to achieve. So I also want my children to, to see that and to grow into that. Um, I think another value of mine or something that I want to continue to achieve for my legacy is to continue to seek the adventure of life um, and, and do that through my businesses, do that through my lifestyle and do that through the, the life that I'm choosing for my children. Um, we are all, as mothers and parents, deciding on what their future is going to look like, whether they go to school full time, whether they live you know, nomadically or they're world schooled like we are. Um, we are deciding what their future is going to be and how they see us and what legacy we're going to leave. So I think I want to leave this world having the adventure of my life throughout all of my life. Um, so I would also say that one would be a belief or a value for me. 
Wow, the adventure of life. That feels like a like mic drop moment to end this podcast episode on. So thanks so much for joining me, Jen. Very welcome. Very welcome. Thank you for having me. It has been said that with a big enough lever, you can move the world. I've spent my life figuring out how to use that lever to move my own world. And in doing so, I help extraordinary entrepreneurs do exactly the same for themselves. So I want to offer you a perspective on what gives you the greatest leverage in your life to create wealth, health, and happiness. It's called legacy. And the lever to your legacy is within your reach. If you'd love to know more about this, go to laurapainstanley.com forward slash legacy. Thank you.